an excellent day for an exorcism. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Horror Crypt Podcast, episode number 70. And today we've got a very special guest. Before we get into that very special guest, we're just going to be doing the 2013 remake of the original 1976, I think it is, uh, movie Carrie. Now, a lot of people would sit there and go, oh, a remake of a movie. Now, I am definitely, as far as I'm concerned, it, you know, Yes, I am a purist. Anyone that actually goes through the horror crypt knows that I'm a purist when it comes to horror movies. But this actual this movie wasn't too bad, although it was very, very heavy with regards to the continuous special effects and things like that. You got to see a lot more of Carrie's powers that you didn't get to see in the 76 version uh, with Sissy Spacek. But this movie actually really wasn't too bad. Um, the movie was actually released on uh, October the 7th, 2013 and October the 18th, 2013 through the United States. Really interesting why they actually had a couple of uh, weeks uh, around that one. The running time was 99 minutes. The budget was $30 million, but it actually took $84.8 million. It was released with uh, in the United States by Metro Goldwyn Mayer and Screen Gems. The film received mixed reviews with critics saying it was unnecessary and criticized the lack of originality in scares, although they praised the modern updates and cast. Well, yeah, I do understand that one. And as I said, with this movie, with this remake, there is a lot of special effects that they do and a lot more things you get to see with Carrie rather than just the last, I think it was like the last 10 or 15 minutes of it. But, you know, in, in saying that, it is, it's not a bad remake. I was actually very, very surprised. Now, as I said, we do have a special guest today. We've actually got the, um, what would we say you are? The tech ninja of Create Your Change. Now, Create Your Change was uh, the company that actually helped me design my brand new um, caps that are available for sale at $30 each, which I think is a pretty good bargain when you look at the fact that if you guys are in America and buying it for 30 bucks, you're actually getting it cheaper <laughs> when it comes to conversion yeah, rates. It is 30 Australian. It is with $30 Australian, which is actually a lot cheaper. And it's but a wicked cool cap. It is a wicked cool cap. And if you watched, if you uh, basically, if you've gone onto the, the website, as far as if you've gone onto um, Facebook, you'll actually see a picture of it up there and you can order it directly. You just send me a message saying you want one and I will send a brand new one to you um, for 30 bucks. But as I was saying that, uh, we are going to... Yes, I know. We are going to introduce the tech ninja, Kat Milner, to this awesome podcast. And Kat, tell us a little bit about exactly what you thought of this movie. I actually really liked Carrie. Um, I mean, I've seen the original one with Sissy Spacek. I did not see the one in 2002 with Angela Bettis in the title role, but I actually really liked this one. The, the critics may have panned it, but I thought they did an excellent job with it. Now, I think the other one that you were talking about was, um, it's, I think it was called F The Fury or something along those lines. There was another one they tried to actually follow on from 76. And it basically was the, the, the idea they actually had, it was that Carrie um, was not killed and that she was able to then go and um, help other other people with the telekinetic powers that they've got. And basically, I think it was called Fury Rage or something along the lines. I should have actually looked at that one before I went. Um, no, the 2002 one was a straight up remake. It was, it, there's. Oh, no, Fury Rage, sequel. sorry, was, no, Fury Rage, I'm sorry, was the was the sequel to um, Firestarter. I completely. There's the Rage Carry 2. Rage Carry 2, yes. But that one is. That one was supposed to be a follow that. on. That was in 1999, so that yeah. actually came out before the other remake. Yeah, so I think they've got it. They've got the the timelines are all screwed up with the remakes or the with the sequels. This re remake is basically just a they a remake, basically trying to recreate Lightning in a Bottle. Which, as I said, yeah. I thought it actually was pretty good as far as I was concerned. As I said, you got to see a lot more of Carrie's powers. You got to see her developing her powers and seeing what was going on, um, and trying to actually really come into her own um but really in, in all honesty i think that this movie really held up more than the 76 version because the 76 version i felt was very very heavy when it came to just going for you know flowing towards that final time 
where Carrie at the at the prom just leashes unholy hell on everybody. Um, where this one, basically, you can see that she's just learning and figuring out what it is. And I love it. One of the scenes that you see here, on, which we'll, we'll talk about, is when she's in the library and she doesn't know what she's, what, what she's basically trying to figure out. So she types in magic powers. And that's how she f- figures out that she's actually telekinetic, which I find really interesting. But look, before we get started, remember, I'm on Facebook at uh, Horror Crypt Oz. You can send me a direct message, uh, horrorcrypt2022 at gmail.com. And look, before we get started, we love to listen to the trailer of any movie that we do. So in saying that, let's listen to the trailer of the 2013 remake of the movie, Carrie. Brightly beams our Father's mercy From his lighthouse evermore But to us he gives the keeping Kids, they think I'm weird. Carrie, favorite poem? Did you bring one? I don't want to be. I want to be normal. Wipe that smile off your face. I have to try and be a whole person before it's too late. <laughs> Help this little girl see the sin of her days and why if she'd made innocent, the curse of blood would have It's not even in the Bible. It doesn't say that anywhere. Go to your closet and pray. No. No! <laughs> You pray, little girl. You pray for forgiveness. If I concentrate hard enough, I can make things move. There are other people out there like me who can do what I can do. You know the devil never dies. Keeps coming back. You gotta keep killing him. No! The problem is next week. You don't have a date already. Maybe you want to go with me. Mama, I've been asked to prom. No, no, no. They're gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. Mama, stop it. Two of you are planning some kind of joke on a poor, lonely girl. Your king and queen are... What did we think about this one? I like this one. It's it's not uber scary. There were some intense moments, but overall I thought it was really good and I really really enjoyed the one, the girl that they had in the title role, Chloe Grace Moritz. She was excellent. Yeah, I really didn't mind this one. I mean, I think that Julianne Moore's portrayal of Mrs. White was was very very good. I did like um obviously I love the original um, lady, Piper Laurie, who was, uh, and I think she actually had more of an ominous sort of presence. presence Piper than Piper Laurie, the mother in The Exorcist? No, 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 no. That was a completely different. Per- no, that's oh. not. No, Piper Laurie was, the, yeah, she was in the original Carrie. But the thing is that, else that she was in too. Yeah, yeah. She's been in a lot of other things. But the thing is that Piper Laurie, um, I think she had a more eerie, domineering presence in the original Carrie than what Julianne Moore did in this one. Yeah. Julianne Moore wasn't convincing as far as a scary mother. No, whereas she was a nut job. She was, yeah, but I mean, I mean, I mean, Piper Laurie was a nut job in the original, but she was still, she still had an ominous of like really, really creepy, you know, sort of mother. So, but I mean, without saying, you know, too much about it, the fact is that this movie was very heavily affected by special effects, a lot of CGI. They tried to, they showed you a lot more of what Carrie was doing as far as learning her powers. And I find it interesting at one stage when Carrie is, you know, trying to find out what, what am I doing? Like, how can I, how is it possible that I'm doing this? Um, You know, a young girl that didn't know really where to go looking, she goes into a library and types on on the computer magic powers because she didn't actually understand what she, what she could do, which is telekinetics, 
which I thought was a very, very interesting way of that you could see that she was a very sheltered girl. She basically, as her mother says, you go from home to school to home. That's all you do. You're not going any further. So this movie was released on uh, October the 18th, 2013 in the United States. The running time was 99 minutes. The budget was $30 million and it made $84.8 million. So really it had a, it had a decent return uh, you know, as, as far as the movie goes. When it was reviewed by critics, the critics the critics called it unnecessary and criticized the lack of originality and scares. Well, you can't really be original as far as because you're doing a remake of the movie. The well, only even Stephen King didn't want them to make it. Yeah, I know. And this is the whole thing is like, you know, with as far as the originality and scares go, there wasn't a lot of scares. Originality is that you actually got to see a lot more of Carrie's powers rather than waiting for the entire movie for the last 10 or 15 minutes yeah. of the movie to actually see her really come into her own powers. You know, there's parts of this movie we actually get to see Carrie sitting on her bed and she's levitating the bed and she's levitating all her school books. And you get to see all that. You get to see Carrie looking out the window at her school at the American flag and she manages to make it flutter and wave. Yeah, yeah. there's some nice foreshadowing moments of her before she knew she had powers and when she was starting to realize she had powers, like her mother brought the knife in to kiss her goodnight and she moved the knife from the table and stuck it in the floor right near her mother's foot and scared the crap out of her. Yeah. So really, you could see there was a lot of foreshadowing coming up on on this, yeah. this movie, but and I and I liked that because it wasn't just all of a sudden, boom, there it all is, and she can control it. Yeah, yeah, and I, as I said, I, I did I did like this movie. I was actually very surprised that this was the movie that I, I that I thought it was. I mean, anyone that see that does a remake, and you know, as I said, you know, people try to recapture lightning in a, in a bottle, and sometimes it doesn't work the way it should. And one that I, I point to is the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. It was a classic horror mess. It was all over the place and it was not good. Um, there were parts of that movie that I thought was quite, quite good, but no. But this one, I was actually pleasantly surprised that you got to see a lot more of what Carrie was doing, you know. All right, so we're going to start off with this movie where we hear a person screaming in a house. We follow the camera all the way up the stairs. We see some broken things here, there, and everywhere. And we find that there is a woman laying on a bed and we kind of get the feeling that she is in a lot of trouble because there's blood everywhere we don't know whether she's been stabbed or whatever she's, she's just screaming that she thinks she's dying that she's dying cancer. and we find out that it was actually not the fact that she was actually giving birth and uh well she doesn't actually realize that because she's sort of like stop almost like stops breathing in the camera it's like moves away from her you know you get a, a, a from above shot of her on her bed and we see that she starts to put her hand between her legs and she feels something she pulls her hand away and then she pulls her dress down a little bit to find that there is a baby in between her legs so this is when um she decides that she's going to kill the infant which is very very graphic because she's she get the test yeah so she yeah, so she grabs a pair of scissors and goes to plunge the scissors into the baby because, you know, she puts her hand on the child's stomach, basically making sure the child's centered, and goes to slam the uh, scissors into the child. And she stops briefly um, and basically she's changed her mind about killing the child. And so now we see her cradling the child in her arms. And then that, that part of the scene then transitions to a few years later where we see daughter Carrie, a shy, unassertive girl near her graduation from Ewan High School in Maine. This movie has to always take place in Maine because Stephen King wrote it. And wherever Stephen King writes, it's always in Maine. Yep. Well, they, you, as they say, you write for what you know. They must be very proud about the fact that every movie that Stephen King writes, it has to be done in Maine. You know, Sleepwalkers has to be done in Maine. Well, even, it, it even Creep Show increases the income to the state. Oh, absolutely! Even Creep Show done in Maine, <laughs> it has to be done. So basically, um, poor old Carrie, she's uh, has to go in and she has to basically um, play. It's not. It's like water volleyball that she has to play at school for gym. And then we see Carrie then going into taking a shower. And, and I don't know, I'm, I'm very modest when it comes to, you know, showering with other guys. So Carrie's not very interested about sharing with other girls. But anyway, she does start sharing. And then, of course, as she's sharing and she lifts up the soap, she sees that there's blood on the soap. And we realize now that Carrie is experiencing her first menstrual period. Never having, have, never having been taught to prepare for this, she believes she is bleeding to death and runs out of the shower yelling for help. 
The other girls ridicule, ridicule her by throwing tampons and pads at her. Uh, and chanting, and, plug it up. Yeah, which is absolutely disgusting. Now, this happened in the original, so it's, it's, a, it's exactly the same sort of situation. Except now we have the added element of social media and, and mobile phones taping. Yes, unfortunately. So longtime bully Christine, which is Chris Hardigan, records everything on her smartphone and uploads it to YouTube. You disgusting bitch. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, man. And it's, it's really interesting. I was thinking to myself the other day after watching this movie about why it was that this woman, th- th- this girl was tormenting Carrie. You know, and she does say that Carrie was being tormented because, hey, she deserves it. She's been, we've been tormenting her since sixth grade. and Which is actually incorrect because Carrie was homeschooled up until high school. So they would have known each other in sixth grade. Really? Well, obviously this, in this paradox, it is because Carrie was never homeschooled in the original either. Yeah, she was. No, Carrie. Oh, oh, well, in the book, she was. Yeah, so in the book, she was, but in the two movies, she was she wasn't homeschooled. Yeah. She was going to school, um, and I found it really interesting thinking about this movie that I always remember the scene in um, Rocky, the original Rocky, where you know Rocky's the 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 muscle for her for his boss, and uh, his boss has got a driver who doesn't like Rocky whatsoever. And at one stage, you know, they get out of the car, and and Rocky's saying to his boss, you know, what is it with him? What's what's wrong with him? And he goes, hey, there are some people that just hate for no reason. And this is Chris Hardigan. Chris hates Carrie for no reason. If you say to if you said to Chris, well, you okay, you hate her, fine. Tell me why you hate her. She couldn't give you a reason. Well, that's just, the thing. I hate her. Sue said to her, what has she ever done to you? Yeah. And she said nothing. She's just been she's been wanting it since sixth grade. So yeah. she's the the but she there is no reason to hate her. So, you know, the school um, gym teacher comes in because poor old Carrie is screaming on the ground. She's blood everywhere. And she's in an absolute hysterics. And uh, unfortunately, I mean, you can't get away with it this day, these days. But uh, back then, even in 2013, but she has to be, poor old Carrie has to be slapped to stop screaming because yes. she's so hysterical. completely hysterical about the fact that she thinks she's bleeding to death. And it finds out that she has never been taught, taught about, you know, um, about her menstrual period. So we then transition to her going into the office and she's sitting there with the principal saying about, you know, we have to call your mother. And she's like, no, 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 don't, don't call. You don't need to call her. And the, uh, the gym teacher says, listen, you're excused from gym. You know, you just take, take study hall and be done with it. And it's like, okay. And, and of course, you know, the, um, you know, Margaret, which is Carrie's mum demands that Carrie abstains from sharing with the others. Well, she refuses. She has to refuse anyway, because she's not going to be doing gym anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So she basically is sent home with Margaret and she believes, and this is Carrie's mother, Margaret believes that her menstrual cycle is a sin. And it's like, Oh my God, these are these religious nuts that I just, I just don't like. I really don't, you know? Um, So really we've now got the situation where Carrie is basically being, you know, driven home from school and she's like you know i didn't know what was going on i thought i was dying why didn't you tell me mama i had no idea what was going on and she's like yes well this is you know it's a sin of what's going on it's your sins it's doing this and it's like ah seriously so carrie gets home and of course the mother gets out of the car and says come on come into the house and you know get basically and he, she says, oh, I don't want to go in, inside with you. And she's like, get inside. And she always calls Carrie little, little girl, which she doesn't say it in the original, but, you know. And um, so Carrie walks in inside of the house but rather sheepishly and says, listen, you know, why didn't you tell me, Mama? And she said, now, I want you to get into your prayer closet and pray for forgiveness. And she's like, no, I'm not getting into that closet. She goes, oh, yes, you are. And the screaming and, you know, the, the mother is trying to drag her into her prayer closet um, to basically, you know, start praying for forgiveness. Uh, Margaret does actually happen to throw her into the closet and slams the door on her and basically says, you know, you pray, little girl, pray for forgiveness. Well, Carrie is screaming so loudly and so hard that she, as she lets out a huge scream, a crack appears in the door and the crucifix in the closet begins to bleed. So Carrie begins to experience more and more signs of, of over the oncoming days that point to her having, having telekinetic powers. Now, as I said, this situation is when Carrie goes to, obviously she goes to study hall. And uh, actually just a little bit before that, before we really go a bit further, is the fact that when Carrie screams and lets out the, the enormous scream and cracks the door, she like steps, basically steps back as if to say, holy shit, 
did I really do that? And yeah, and even Margaret sits there and goes, oh my God. Because you really don't know what Margaret is actually thinking about when it comes to this situation. Because, hey, <laughs> I mean, what would you say about that? You know, you can't. So you can jump in any time you want to talk. No, I'm perfectly happy for you to go on. But you're just sitting there listening, which is... <laughs> but well, you're the... There's not a whole lot for me to say. Well, you can continue on. What what do you so she basically goes into the um library and she decides to start thinking about well trying to research what like how how am I able to do this sort of stuff? And she searches out magic powers. And by typing magic powers, it comes up with telekinesis. Actually, there was one little thing that I thought was really kind of cool is there was the guy from the AB club who happened to be walking by and saw what she was watching on the internet where she was watching a telekinetic video where the person was turning the pages in a book by telekinesis yeah and he comes over and you thought he was going to either make fun of her or say something snarky or whatever and he startled her and she's like oh crap he saw what i was doing but he's like oh well here you can um expand it and and he showed her how to make it full screen yeah which and was really nice away. and it yeah. was like it was like just a, like normal people yeah which was really nice because you could actually see that he had his i mean not not sympathy there's no i mean he doesn't know her from a bar of soap but not everybody was a shit no and that's that's the whole thing is that you know even carrie was saying to her mother you know not everybody is bad mama not everybody is you know has got sin in their hearts it's not not everyone is bad she's trying to tell tell her mother that you know but but her mother is so hell bent on the fact that everyone is has got sin in their hearts. Everyone, you know, is horrible out there, and you know they they're just going to do horrible things to you. And she's trying to explain to her mother that no, it's it's that's not it at all. You know, um, so basically she researches her abilities and starts learning to harness them. Now the next scene we see is we're out on the on the sports field, and um, the uh, the the gym teacher. Uh, gym teacher basically says to the girls well you know it's a it's a big time coming up you know getting towards the end of the year and now is that is, is that is the end of the year yeah so it is yeah, the prom is the last senior prom is the last big major event of high school so now after that do they still have to do exams or yeah. oh so they do yeah prom happens like maybe a month or so four to like th- four to six weeks before um graduation See, I would have thought maybe they would have done like the exams first, then prom, then the yeah. going out of school. At least not when I was there. Okay. So we... A lot can change in that long. Yeah. Well... In <laughs> years. <laughs> well, well, see, we don't have the prom here in Australia. We have... <gasps> well, we, we, we do and we don't. The, the prom that we actually have is basically... Um, it's like a social dance sort of situation. Yeah. Um, but it's not really a prom prom situation. It's it's close to it, but not called prom. You know. It's okay. it's it's a very it's very it's a different situation like that. But you know, but we, so we've got sorry. We digress. We digress, yes. So basically we've got the uh, gym teacher and she's sitting standing at the front, all the girls are out on the playing field and she's walking backwards and forwards and saying, Well, you know, you've got, you know the prom coming up and then it, then you're going to be going to college and stuff like that. And, you know, and she goes down the line, she basically says, Oh, well, uh, says to one of the girls, Oh, so um, I was, it goes to Sue and says, Oh, so Sue, I guess you've got your prom dress ready. And, you know, who are you going to be taking to, to prom? And he goes, she goes, Oh, Tommy. And then she goes, Oh, Oh, awesome. Great. And, and then goes, one of my favorite lines. Are you going to get him a boutonniere? Or are you just going to pin a bloody tampon to his lapel? That's right. Yes. And then she says, what you guys did to Carrie White was absolutely diabolical and terrible. So here's the thing. We are going to be doing, and they basically have to run suicides for the entire week. And suicides are basically just continuous um, cardio, basically running running drills. It's basically a a boot style camp, a boot camp style uh, detention for their behavior. And basically she says, "If if you do it, you can still go to prom. If you don't do it, you are suspended from my class and you forfeit your ability to go to prom. Now, Chris, who in the original movie um, was just a bigger bitch as this Chris does, she basically says, you know, um, no, she can't do this. If we all stand together, 
they can't kick us all out of prom. So basically we can't do this. You know, she can't do this. And so basically Sue says, listen, Chris, just, just go along with the program and do it. You know? So she does it maybe for about maybe five minutes or so. And then Chris basically starts, basically stops running. And of course the, uh, the, uh, the gym teacher says, come on, Hardigan, keep going. And she goes, nah, fuck this. And she's like, what? And she goes, no, you can't do this. And she goes, if you don't do it, you're out of prom. And Chris is like, no, I'm not doing it. She goes, well, you are suspended and you are out of prom. And of course, you know, this is when Chris tries to rally her friends. And it's really interesting. All for one and one for all doesn't really exist when you are so desperate to go to prom. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, so prom is the event of senior yeah. year. So you've got those there's those people sitting there going, yeah, Chris, we're right behind you. Oh, these with, girls with, have been dreaming about prom since they were in primary school. Yeah. So it's basically like, yes, Chris, we're behind you. We're behind you all the way, unless it's to do with prom, we're and then way you're on your own. Behind you. <laughs> <laughs> then when it, and of course, then when you know she says, "Come on, Sue, you you're with me," and she basically says, "Shut up, Chris," and just she just starts running suicides. So really, Chris is the only one who refuses to take part. Uh, in the detention and is suspended from school after denying the allegation and refuses to... Oh, yeah, this is really interesting. So she decides to get her father to come and say, listen, you need to reinstate her prom ticket and you need to, um, you know, give her privileges to go to prom. And the the, um, PE teacher is like, okay, well, here's the thing. You know, someone uploaded that video that was taken of Carrie White in the showers We've got a fair idea who it would be. So if Chris gives us her cell phone and we look through her pictures, if we can't find the video, then guess what? I will apologize and Chris can go to prom. And he goes, okay, yep, that sounds fair. Chris, give give her the phone. And she's like, no. And he goes, listen, Chris, give her this phone so he can be done with it. And she's like, that I've got personal stuff on there, daddy. I can't give you the, give her the phone. And she's like, and he's like, Chris, give her the phone. I want to get, get back to work. And she's like, no. And it's like, well, there is the there's the guilt right there and there. Because yep. she knows she got up and ran out. So it's like, yep. yeah. So there is guilt written all over your face, Chris. That if you gave her the phone, guess what? They're going to find that original video, and you're going to be in deep shit. Yep. So yeah, it just doesn't. She doesn't give up her, her smartphone. So Sue regrets her part in the incident. To make amends, she asked her boyfriend Tommy Ross to take Carrie to the prom, and I I think this was a really nice gesture on on behalf of um of Sue. Yeah. Because Sue really tries, does try to make amends and says, you know, what we did to Carrie was really, really shitty. Because at one stage, um, Chris goes into the um, gymnasium and sees the decorations all starting and basically says to Chris, as it says to Sue, you know, why didn't you stick up for me? And this is when Chris said, uh, this is when Sue says what you, what you said to her. What did she, about the fact she when sue said what do we ever do to, to carry oh yeah well, she's like well what did she ever do to you and she's like well she's been deserving it since sixth grade and it's like yeah but what did she ever do to you and chris never answers her yeah because chris can't come up with an answer but um you know and and that's the thing is and she's and and, and of course sue start or um chris starts getting really really shitty with her and she's like oh well you've just been dreaming about prom since whenever and blah 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 and that's actually when, when I think it it made Sue realize that she needs to make amends to Carrie by by giving her Tommy. Yeah, because because um, she's like, well, you've been dreaming about this since you know whenever and blah blah blah. And we actually see Sue go into her room at home, and we see her beautiful red prom dress and you know and all this you know and and the stuff that she had you know ready to go for prom and and we see her looking very sad because she's giving this she's sacrificing this to make amends to Carrie. yeah and this is where i think sue is a good person when it comes to that even because she's she said you know when when, uh, chris says yeah but you threw shit too as well at carrie and she goes yeah but i stopped like i know what i did was wrong sue uh, uh uh chris I know what I did was wrong, but I stopped. You kept going and you uploaded that video. How could you have uploaded that video, you know, to, to that situation? Um, and of course, this is when she does say, oh, yeah, you just want to get to, to prom so you and Tommy can go up to your motel or your hotel and have some fun between the sheets. You know, so this is when Sue decides that, yeah, it would be a good idea to ask Tommy to take her to prom. Yeah. And and for the most, I mean, look, Tommy does do the right thing. He does actually decide, okay, yep, this is what Sue wants. We know that Sue and him are together, but she is trying to make amends for yeah. Carrie to trying to make an, a, a very bad situation a, a little bit, a little bit brighter. Better. 
you know, a, a nicer sort of situation. So, you know, Tommy basically is just hell-bent on getting her to go. And of course, the first stage, he asks her, and, she, and Carrie basically just flatly refuses and says, nope, not doing it. Well, I love it because she, she's just like, just stop trying to trick me. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not trying to trick you, but aren't you with Sue? Yeah, I'm with Sue, but she doesn't want to go. And he's like, yeah. I'm sorry. And then she runs off and then he try, and then he comes to her house. No, actually before that, no, the, because the PE teacher corners um, Sue and Tommy and says, listen, if you guys are trying to play a very a, a sick prank on a very um, a delicate sort of girl, this is ridiculous. Stop, don't do it. Yeah. And she says, and he says, listen, well, she said no anyway. And this is when Sue goes, yeah, but you're going to try again. And this is when the PE teacher says, listen, Tommy, you are going to be walking into the hall with Carrie White on your arm. Are you really prepared for what our people are going to think of you and what people are going to say about you and how you're going to look? And, and of course, this is when Sue goes, it doesn't matter. We don't care. And this is when Tommy says, yeah, uh, yeah, we don't care. In actual fact, he does care, but I think he's got enough love for Sue yeah. that he decides that, you know what? I, I have enough love for her that I'll do this for Carrie because, you know, I'm and he's which, actually a good kid. He really is. He's a nice guy. So he does go to Carrie's house and poor, poor old Carrie is so on edge because every car that's coming down the road, he, she thinks that, oh my God, this is when <laughs> mum's turning up to the house. So he basically says, listen, please, Carrie, please come to the prom with me. And yeah. Carrie does finally relent and say, yep, okay, I will accept your invitation and she goes and makes a prom dress at home, which I think the prom dress was absolutely beautiful. It it really suited oh, her. It was, it was like a peach sort of color, wasn't it? Um, uh, it was that. It was supposed to have been pink. I thought it was pink, but well, it was, more it was peach. interesting because in the book, her dress was always red, but in the movies, they always made it pink. Yeah, because Sissy Spacek's yeah. uh, dress was was a peach, a peachy pink color. Yeah, you know. So um, she basically tells uh, Carrie tells her mother she's been invited to prom by a, a very nice boy by the name of Tommy Ross. And she's like, ah, the boys, the boys that first comes the blood, then comes the boys sniffing like dogs. Mm -hmm. And he, and, and Carrie's like, that's not it at all, mama. That's he's a really nice boy. He wants to take me to prom. And I've said to him that I'll go and I'll be home at 10 o'clock. And she's like, no, you're not going. And she goes, I, I am going mama. And he goes, she says, no, you are not going at all. Um, so basically, Margaret forbids Carrie to attend, asking her mother to relent. Carrie manifests her telekinesis, and Margaret believes the power comes from the devil and that there's proof that Carrie has been corrupted by sin. So oh, once, yeah. Sorry, before we, we go on there, I just found the line of when uh, the PE teacher was making them run the suicides. Yeah. And Chris said, you know, this is bullshit. I'm not going to do that. And she's like, that's up to you. That's up to all of you. But anyone who stops running is suspended. And if you're suspended, you don't go to prom. And while you're running, I'd like you all to think long and hard about what it would be like to be Carrie White. Yeah. And that's, and that's what starts Sue's transition to redemption. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, her, the PE teacher um, really is really a lovely person because she was, she, you know, she was trying to, you know, because um, at one stage, you know, Carrie's sitting in the in the um, the locker room, and she's just sitting there. And, and of course, the PE teacher comes over and says, "You know, is everything okay?" And she goes, "I've been invited to prom." And she goes, "Oh, wow!" And she goes, "Yeah, Tommy Ross invited me." And she's like, "Oh my goodness!" So she basically starts to talk up Carrie as like, you know, stand there, look at look at what you what do you see in the mirror? I see a lovely young girl. You put a, you get a nice dress. You put on some makeup. You stand up straight. Look at you. You'll be wonderful. Yeah. And Carrie is really sympathetic. Really, oh, this is a person that really cares about me. Um, but when when she does actually say to her mother that she's going, um, the mother tries to basically throw her back into the, the prayer closet. And this is when Carrie moves her hand and basically I, it was almost like a force push, but pushes her you know, away from her and then basically lifts her hand up and she's now hovering um, midair. And she's basically like, you know, I don't want to talk about this anymore. I'm going and that's all there is to it. And drops her mother down to the ground. And the mother is basically saying, oh, my God, the devil's got her. I can't, you know, I, she's lost to me now. But before that, when you were saying about the knife falling off the, the dressing room table, is the fact that she was in her bedroom and she's got all these books of telekinesis. And you see Carrie is making them all float. And then suddenly her bed floats. 
and the lights are flickering on and off. And her mother is basically downstairs doing the washing up and all the lights in the house are flickering. And she's like, oh shit, what's going on? So she pulls this huge knife out. Now this is the foreshadowing of the knife that's going to yeah. come towards the end of the movie. And she goes upstairs and as she's at the door and she's jiggling the door open, as soon as the mother walks in the door, the lights are off. Carrie's laying there quietly and everything's you know in its place. Um, she puts the knife next to her bedroom uh, on the dresser table. And of course, this is when Carrie moves her little fi- index finger and drops the knife to the ground as if to say, oh, I've still got the power. Awesome. Yeah. So, you know, this whole thing is going on. So meanwhile, Chris, um, unfortunately, Chris and her boyfriend, Billy Nolan, which was played by John Travolta in the original, um, and his friends plan revenge on Carrie. They obtain pig's blood to put into a bucket. Oh, what was so, a little fun fact we had uh, was when they were at the pig farm and right before Billy uses the sledgehammer to kill the pig, he kisses the sledgehammer and the actor ended up getting really ill because there was pig poop on the sledgehammer. Uh, see, I, disgusting. I would have thought at that stage that they would have maybe clean the bloody sledgehammer to make sure that someone didn't get sick. I know. Well, I don't think he was supposed to do that. I have a feeling he improvised that on the fly. And they just thought it was awesome, you know, and they were like, oh, okay, yeah, that works. And, and they just kept it in there, not knowing that it was filthy. See, I can't, rem- I can't remember the original of what John Travolta did. I know that he was the one that killed the pig, yeah. but I, I'm not sure whether he kissed the sledgehammer before he did it. But this um, so this guy did it. Yeah. So on prom night, Margaret tries to prevent Carrie from going, but Carrie uses her powers to lock her mother in the closet. That was really cool. And then melted the slide bolt. Yeah. M- melted the bolt is you know basically to say you know shut the hell up mum because yep. at one stage you know she's saying you know he's not coming and it's the same as the the original it's like you know take the dress off we'll burn it together we'll pray for forgiveness we'll and you know he's not coming he's not coming and she starts to hit herself and of course this is when carrie looks at her mother as she goes as she goes to hit herself and stops her hand from doing it and basically then says and basically seals her mouth shut and yeah. says you are not going to talk anymore until i have gone from the house and then force pushes. I, I say force pushes because it was like that force force pushes her back into the closet, slams the door, locks, uh, locks her in, melts the bolt and says, you're going to stay in there until I'm gone. Yep, and then you're going to stay quiet until, I'm until gone. I'm gone. Yeah. Yep. 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 And Tommy comes through with a beautiful limousine and off they go um, to the prom. So yep. Ke- Carrie is very nervous and shy, but Tommy kindly puts her at ease as part of Chris and Billy's plan. Chris's friend, Tina Blake, discreetly slips fake ballots into the voting box, which names Carrie and Tommy as prom king and queen. Now, you know, uh, there's Billy Nolan says to Chris, you realize that this is stepping over the lines and this is now getting into a felony. Felony territory. This, yeah, this, is, this, this is felony assault. This is a felony assault. So you realize what you're doing. And she, and of course, and now, so she, they've hung the bucket of and blood. Chris is so, or, uh, yeah, Chris is so obsessed. She just doesn't even hear him. Yeah. So she's holding, they've hung the bucket of blood over the stage. I want to pull it. I want to pull it. Yep. Exactly where Carrie would stand, where the, where the prom queen is going to stand. So he, she's got it right then and there. So, yeah, this whole thing, you see them take out the, 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 out of the vote, out of the ballot box, put the voting slips in, and it does name them as king and queen. At home, Sue receives a text from Chris taunting her about her scheme to humiliate Carrie. And she basically sends a text message saying, oh, your girl's here. She looks great, but not for long. And, it's, and Chris is, and Sue's like, oh, shit. So she jumps in the car to race over to the high school. She gets there, runs inside, and she's basically weaving her way through to find out what's going on. At this stage, Carrie and Tommy are now up on stage receiving King and Queen. Yeah, and the gym teacher sees Sue and she's like, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. She's like, well, where's Chris? She's like, Chris isn't here. And she pushes her out the door and locks her out of the gym so she can't do anything. Which in fire in fire hazard rules, you wouldn't do that yeah, anyway. None of the doors would be locked. <laughs> no, but she's pushed her out. Now, at that stage, as she's being pushed out, um, Sue looks up above the stage and she can see a bucket swinging backwards and forwards. This unfortunately is, yeah. And Billy warns Chris that this is criminal assault. If this goes the way it's going to go, Chris, you are going to get into criminal assault. So it doesn't really matter. Chris doesn't care. No. So Sue, so she drives that, the prom. Well, I think the I think the reaction was, I don't care. My daddy will fix it. Yeah. So so he was he warns Chris not to tell anyone about the bucket as it's criminal assault. Chris agrees to say nothing. Yeah, radio. Sue sees the bucket of blood dangling above Carrie and attempts to warn someone. 
the gym teacher, as you said, locks her out of the gym, suspecting that Sue is the is in plans to hurt Carrie, which is not it at all. Sue's trying to be the nice person about this. Yeah. As soon as it is named the prom king and queen, Sue dumps uh, Chris dumps the blood under. No, Carrie. they've already been named king and yep. queen, but they've been brought up, and she is crowned and handed roses. And, and then, then turned and put in place to present. Then they drop the blood. And what we see is it, the blood coming down and hitting her, the white roses that are now blood splattered, falling to the floor and her standing there covered in blood. Yeah. And so she's standing there. And then Nikki, um, Chris's friend, plays the shower video on the big video screens they've got in the gymnasium. Of Carrie on the large screens above the stage, inciting laughter from some of the audiences. Because at first, the entire audience is just stunned and horrified, and yeah. they realize that that they're kind of on Carrie's side at this point. So then they start playing the video, and everyone starts laughing, and that's when Carrie has a, her psychotic break. Yeah, because the the gym teacher goes towards Carrie, and Carrie pushes her um, when she attempts to help her. The bucket falls onto Tommy's head, killing him. In the original, it doesn't kill him. The original was seen was the bucket falls onto Tommy's head and knocks him out. It doesn't kill him. But at this stage, this one, this remake, he gets killed. Enraged. What's, there's also a goof there. Yeah. He collapses on the stage. He's facing Carrie. But when Carrie tries to cradle him, he's facing the backdrop. Oh, yeah. He's, he's going sideways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is when Carrie absolutely explodes. And I think this is one of the very, this is, she's got such a great look on her. So enraged, Carrie takes her revenge and uses her telekinesis to kill nearly every student and staff, but spares the PE teacher. And I thought that she was going to kill her. Yeah. Because in the original. moving her out of the way. Yeah. Because in the original, like Carrie sees everyone laughing and looks towards her um, PE teacher and she's laughing as well as if say, oh, goodness me. So Carrie basically kills everyone. But this one, she lifts her up and she's hovering her where there's water below her and there's um, electricity being shot into the water. And you think, oh, any second, Carrie's going to drop her into the bucket or into the, into the water on the floor. But she moves her over the water and on drops her down behind her. So it's like, oh, my God, thank God that she didn't kill her, which is awesome. Now, what's interesting is that in the book, Carrie walks out of the building and then turns around and does all of her destruction by looking through the window. Really? But every version of the film has her on the stage above everyone else. Yeah. And I think that actually works better because in this scene where she is absolutely going to town on everybody, like Nikki, when, when she basically force pushes her over to where the flames are on the ground and basically burns her dress up with her in it. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's, it's awesome because even when, even one of the guys, like he did the, one of the guys opens up the bleachers to get up into the bleachers oh. and Carrie, and he's halfway up and Carrie looks at the bleachers and takes her hand and pulls it into a fist and basically then slams him, uh, basically crushes him oh, in between oh, the bleachers. That was so painful to watch. That was awesome. Oh, Loved it. But Carrie was just basically just destroys the entire, basically burns the school to the now, ground. Did, did you notice that when she does finally walk out of the building and, and when she's doing her damage, she's not wearing any shoes, but when she goes out, but when she's seen outside, she's just wearing shoes through to the rest of the film? Yeah, I saw that. Well, well, that the thing is, she didn't have. Did she have shoes on when she walked up up to, onto the stage? Yeah, she was wearing pretty dress right. shoes. But remember that she hovered and and floated out of the out of the, the school because when she walks out of the school, she's not wearing any shoes, is she? Right. Or, no, she's not. But then when you see her in the street, from there to the end of the film, she's wearing. She shoes. is. Yeah, so it's a bit of a goof there. Yeah, I guess because the that. pavement was all wet and everything, they had there's to keep an error her. On that one. Yes, they had to keep her feet. I guess. And you did know, you safe. also notice that the name of the school changes from Chamberlain, um, which is visible when the when Carrie's classmates are in detention, to Ewan, the name in the novel, visible during the prom and afterward. Ah, oh. and of course the the ambulance when it leaves is called Superior Ambulances, yeah. not well, Ewan Ambulance. Well, that's that's fine. Oh, but yeah, but the name of the school changes during the film from Chamberlain to Ewan. Oh, okay. Didn't know that one either. Yep. Shows how much I was paying attention to this. <laughs> so Carrie walks away, leaving behind in the trailer of destruction. Chris and Billy attempt to drive away because basically Chris has been told by Billy, uh, we are leaving the state. We are never coming back. Oh, and Don't she's even trying think to about message it. your dad to come and get her. And come and pick like, her up. You're in this for the hall with me. Yeah, you've, you've done it now. And um, so... As they as they tend to drive away, Carrie is basically 
walking after them. And uh, she basically does this, this crack in the road that actually goes underneath their car and basically blocks them. And so they turn around, they start driving back. And this is when Chris is like, that's Carrie, kill her, kill her, run her down. Run, you know, and Chris is an absolute, you know, at this stage, you've done everything you, you can. Psychotic. You, you, yeah, you, you've done everything you can to this girl. You know what she's capable of and you are still wanting to kill her. She's so as, as basically um, Billy accelerates the car, goes towards Carrie. Carrie basically stops the car mid-drive. Mid yeah, and, it's like slamming it into a brick wall. Yeah, at 100 miles an hour, from, from 100 to zero. Um, Billy cracks his nose on the steering wheel, killing him instantly. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if they did um, a thing like in Brightburn. Yeah. But I found it really interesting that even at this stage, Chris leans over to where Billy is and takes, like, grabs the hold of the steering wheel and, and still attempts yeah, to run like her over. Yeah, she's basically tried to sit on him to drive the car into Carrie. Yeah, and Carrie's basically force holding her back as if to say, no, you're not going to, and lifts the car a little bit further up. So now the, the, the nose of the car is basically pointing directly at the ground. And, and, you know, you can still hear Chris accelerating the car to basically run her over. It's at this stage that Carrie moves out the way and basically the car then plows down into a telephone. Um, no, it's a petrol station. It's a petrol station, but he, she hits the telephone pole first. Yeah. And this is when her face goes through the windshield. Yeah. And then Carrie walks away a little bit further because there's gas the now going. leaking gasoline. Yeah. Drops the power, port, power pole and explodes the car. And it's like, yeah. That's exactly what I would do. Set the goddamn car on fire, Carrie. Yeah. Good work. So poor old Carrie arrives home and takes a bath and changes into a night now into a nightgown. And you think to yourself, right now, she's experienced enough. There is <laughs> we've done she, this poor girl's gone through enough. Yeah, but we have a little no. tune mother to deal we with. We gotta now. go with one more. So Carrie tearfully tells Margaret about the prank. Carrie and Margaret embrace, and Margaret recounts Carrie's uh, conception. Uh, having shared a bed platonically with her husband, they yielded to temptation one night. And after praying for strength, Carrie's father took Margaret, who enjoyed the experience. <laughs> after the talk, Ma uh, Margaret decides that here's what I should have done in the, the beginning of, of your life. I'm going to do now. And she stabs Carrie in the back with a knife. This is when Carrie declares that she must basically Margaret says to Carrie that she must kill Carrie. <laughs> um, but that doesn't work because Carrie kills her with several, se several sharp tools. Basically, uh, crucifies her. She the prayer room door with several knives, scissors, and various other cutting implements. Yeah. So basically crucifies her mother. Yeah. Yeah. The crucifixes within the prayer closet were basically foreshadowing of her mother's final pose. Yeah. So Carrie becomes hysterical and makes stones rain from the sky to crush the house. When Sue arrives, because Sue is basically tracking all this to see if she's okay, um, <laughs> a furious Carrie lifts her with her powers, but senses that Sue is pregnant with a baby girl, which is really, really, really interesting because she comes over and she goes to push her away, push Sue away. She puts her hand on her belly and she says, oh, it's a girl. And she's like, what? No, she didn't put it on her belly. She could just feel it when she put her hand on I thought up. she put it on her belly. No. No. no, she never touched her. Yeah, but she, she said, I, because she was in the middle of the room and Sue never came really much farther than the doorway. Oh, because she'd pushed her back with the telekinesis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's when she pushes her all the way outside and put, places her gently on the ground. Yeah. So basically, she's at least Carrie knows that Sue was trying to be nice to her, but yeah. you know, and I'm not going to hurt you. Um, Carrie protects Sue and throws her out of the house to safety as the house collapses and sinks, apparently killing Carrie as well. After giving her testimony in court regarding the prom incident, Sue visits Carrie and Margaret's grave and has been vandalized to read Carrie White Burns in Hell. Now, what's interesting is that the rocks that rained down at the end of the film were actually real. They had to use stunt doubles so the actresses wouldn't be harmed. I wonder how many stunt doubles got hurt. God knows. They, they don't count. Oh, apparently they <laughs> that's don't. What they, that's what they sign up for. So Sue places a white rose by the headstone. As she leaves, the gravestone begins to break and Carrie's enraged screams is heard. The movie goes black and that is the end of the movie. Yep. However, in the original, Sue goes back to where Carrie's house used to be and there was a white cross in the ground uh -huh. where it says Carrie White burns in hell with the arrow going down. And as Sue goes to place the rose on the ground, 
Carrie's hand, which is bloody, comes up from the ground and grabs a hold of her. We then see that Sue was actually dreaming and is waking hysterically to her mother, trying to comfort her because she's had a psychotic episode watching Carrie kill all her friends. So that was the one big difference between the original and this one, which, as I said, I, th- I think this one is absolutely a great movie when it comes yeah, to... Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Now, uh, well, what was interesting, you know, going back to why she did this in the first place, hmm. um, in this particular adaptation, Chris was intentionally made up to look over tanned with too much makeup and ratty hair extensions, um, suggesting that she was probably subconsciously or secretly jealous of Carrie's natural beauty. Yeah, she because she is very made up throughout the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So zero to five buckets of blood. Zero okay, being. But before hang we on. do that, I got I got one more little. Um, did did we talk about Sissy Spacek possibly being considered to be cast no. as the mother? Yeah, Sissy Spacek. They almost cast her as Margaret White. I don't know how that would have worked. I think it would have been awesome because really? Sissy Spacek's wonderful. Oh, she yeah. would have gone from oh, being yeah, carried to being her mother. Oh, yeah. No, I look, as I said, I love Piper Laurie, the original yeah. um, Margaret White, because she really was very ominous. Um, but I think Julianne Moore played a really good role. I think she did a beautiful job, but I just think it would have been a nice full circle to have had it be Sissy Spacek. Mm. Now, that being okay, but know. the other thing that I thought was really interesting is that this is the first time that Carrie was played by an actual teenager. In 1976, Sissy Spacek was 25, and Angela Bettis, who played Carrie in, two, in 2002, was 28. Okay, so this one, 2013, she was actually the age that she was supposed to be? She was, she was actually a minor. She was um, a, a teenager. And she was actually, um, because she was a minor, she was limited to only eight hours of work per day, so that when she was unavailable, the uh, director substituted someone else um, when she was off screen. And it was done in scenes where Julianne Moore was talking to Carrie. So when we'd see Carrie from behind, it was actually a stand-in. Really? Uh, yeah. well, I mean, that, that that's understandable because you yeah. can't work children to the bone yep. throughout a movie. So that's okay. the same as the way it was with um, the original Pet Cemetery. The little boy, they couldn't be, yeah. they couldn't have exactly. him working all day. So, exactly. but yes, zero to five buckets of blood, zero being how do I get the last two hours of my life back? Actually, this would have been 99 minutes to five. It was a perfect movie and I'd watch it all over again. What would you give this movie? I'd say 4.7. Oh God. Okay. I'm going to give it a solid three. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I li- liked it better than that. I liked it. It was good. Um, you know, I mean, this is, I mean, I can't say I'd watch it all over again immediately. It was mm-hmm. good. It was middle of the road. I liked, I liked it. There were some parts of the movie was like, eh. but for the most part, I did like it. I liked the fact that you got to see a little bit more of. I the, thought it moved really well. It did. There wasn't in ninety nine minutes. It wasn't. I didn't look at my phone wondering if this was ever going to be finished. Exactly. So yeah. And I didn't fall asleep. No, you didn't. So, look, thank you very much once again for coming to visit me at the Horror Crypt Podcast. Remember, we've got awesome movies coming up again. Thank you very much to our co-producer today, Kat, for coming to coming in to do this episode. And, yes, we've got a number of episodes coming up. So, remember, always come to listen to me. Come and don't to- forget to check out the Facebook and Instagram and see the new hats. Yes, because I've, I've got an awesome hat there. And if you want to buy it, it's $30 Australian for you to, to buy a brand new hat for the Horror Crypt podcast. Oh, that sounds good. So in the meantime, I will say what I always say every week. And it was actually Kat's idea to come up with this. Creepy you later. Creepy later.